Well, hi, welcome to episode one of our podcast. My name is Wesley Page, and I'm here with my sister, Emily Page. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Wesley. It's our podcast, Emily, so I'm not having you. We're having each other. Okay. (laughs) We should call it Sisters Who Drink Too Much with psoriasis. Ew, don't put that on the podcast. People don't need to know. I was going to do something like Soul Sisters, then I was like, that's also lame. I don't know. Anyway, so this is episode one. Everyone, thank you for joining us. I'm sorry you have nothing else to listen to but us talking. We have yet to title this. So it's a working title. That's the title. Working title. Working title. Yes. And my sister and I are both entrepreneurs. Emily definitely being the more successful entrepreneur. (laughs) And I've lost more money. I've lost more money. Yeah, but it's because you've you've actually done stuff. So, uh, but we both felt like there was a need to express our spiritual selves. I don't know. You can tell me what you think your desire as to why you wanted to do this, um, to talk about things that are also on our hearts. And, um, Emily, why would, why, why did you agree to do this podcast or whatever this is called? Well, there's two reasons. The first reason is I just like talking to my sister and I feel like the best version of myself comes out when I talk to her and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And number two, because I feel like I'm a spiritual being and she's a spiritual being and we all are spiritual beings and the most significant part of, of our like our conversation is always focused around spiritual things that really influence the physical things. So on a daily basis, when I talk to someone, if they haven't become more aware of spiritual things, they might have discussed problems and it's almost like discussing the surface. And the more a person looks into the deeper layers, I feel like they become more spiritually awakened and aware. And that's not criticizing someone who doesn't talk about those things, but I think it's, helpful and uplifting when you have issues in your life that you don't understand and you can't control them. You're like, Oh, why do I keep having this problem or this pain in my life or this issue? I can't escape it. And we try to read books and do self-help and doesn't fix it. I think that's because there's a root problem. Kind of like when you get your back aligned in chiropractics, Uh, you suddenly get the strength back in your body and you get out of pain because literally a joint that you didn't even know was there, a a bone in your spine was out of joint. And so you can either just walk around in pain and not know why, or you can study your back and understand, oh my gosh, I have a spine. You don't have to learn about your spine. You can literally live your whole life and never really think about that part of your body, your bones, or just because you don't see it easily. And so I think if we understood better the things that were foundational in our, in who we are and the quality of our life, like we'd be happier. So I like talking about that stuff with Wesley because it gives me enlightenment in my own life. And we get to talk about her life, it gives her enlightenment in her life. And when we share that stuff with friends, it gives them enlightenment in theirs. So I wish I could give that to everybody. I wish everyone had as close as a friend as I have with Wesley. And 
I wish everyone could talk about spiritual things too. And then we could help people the way that we would help our friends. So hmm. I wanted to share that gift that I have with my sister and my other people to have that kind of friendship with us. It's a sisterhood. That's what it makes when we talk about spiritual things. Sisterhood. Hmm. Depth of relationship, hmm. clarity in life, clear identity. Hmm. So before we continue, I what are you drinking? You're drinking wine? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. It's not very delicious. So before we continue, I, well, I guess that we'd have to edit this part out then if I went and got another drink. Do you know how to edit these things? A lot of it. Do you edit them or do you just upload them, the audio? Um, I just upload everything, but I do know how to edit stuff. Just cut. I only know how to cut. Okay. Well, in that case, today's subject is quarantine. And I don't have like a subtext or a subtitle other than I just want to talk about It's a, the, the fact that it's a national crisis that we, a common experience that most people are not going to be going through and how they respond to them, to it is going to be different for each person. Um, and I think that in itself is very interesting. Yeah, I think quarantine is interesting. I was amazed that you brought it up because you didn't just want to talk about the stuff that I'm seeing all the articles about, you're talking about the emotional impact that happens when you're in quarantine. Were you really surprised or are you just saying that? Yeah, I was really surprised because, especially because if you watch social media and you read articles and you see some of the videos of people responding to quarantine, I mean, the first and foremost thing that we all are aware of is like, okay, everyone's got to take this physical action, not going to work. And changing their routine and trying to be more conscientious of their health. But there's some people who are so afraid by the media that they are actually lashing out and sort of creating a mob mentality where they're criticizing. I was watching a video where a mom who had a infant strapped to her was walking through a store and some millennial single person came up to her. Like who cares if it's a millennial? The point is it was a single person who came up to her and was saying like, what are you t- doing taking that vulnerable baby out into stores at this time? Don't you, don't you realize this is like a quarantine time? And this woman was commenting and sharing on, on Instagram. She's like, doesn't this woman know that I have no other choice? I don't have anyone to babysit my kids. Yeah. It has to work. And you're sitting here like one, you came into my six foot zone to tell me and criticize right. me. And two, you had such little compassion. And so the quarantine thing is interesting because some people are responding with compassion, like bringing gifts to other people, like, you know, helping people who have to stay at home or older people to go shopping. Some people are bringing selfishness to a different level and accusing other people rather than being sympathetic of where they're coming from. And so it's interesting that any moment of crisis is really going to show you who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I thought what you had to say about it was like, that's, an interesting point you're talking about the emotional elements of some of the negative responses that you think people are going through that we kind of aren't really talking about the quarantine kind of brings up for people yeah and i i mean i i think we've i think most 
I think we live in an age where everyone knows that people are being super negative right now, well, even before the before um, the quarantine. I think there is a divide in the country. I think there is divide divide div, division amongst people. But I think in something the the reason why I find it odd is that this is something that it is so uniting of an experience. We're all going through it. It's the exact same thing. But to yet still see division and still see people's responses is to me super fascinating and also heartbreaking because I know that when you see, I see more ignorant, you see ignorance on a different level because instead of posting things like that are uplifting, you see people saying things like, just stay home. I'm happy at home. Like, listen, D bag, there are people that aren't happy at home. There are kids and that abusive parents that are now stuck with these parents and there's no escape. There is people that are, have been, that have been um, escaping their bad marriages by going to work. And now they're at home and they realize they don't have a marriage. They don't have relationships with their kids and they're coming. Hopefully it's a real realization to get things back to where they should be. But um, I have one friend that works, and was like, I'm home and I'm realizing like my priorities have been wrong. And I'm like, cool. Like, that's amazing. What? Yeah. In a good way. way. But it's just like, there's so many people that this is a terrible thing. And if you have nothing to do in your life, but be at home anyway, and that that's, it's not a difficult thing, but to see different responses. And I, when I go to the grocery store, I see it a lot. I see it when I'm waiting in the line. Um, people just like being super fearful, but to the point of being critical. And I think um, in the book, Man's Search for Meaning, um, he mentions that you, you could, even in the concentration camps, you could see how people, that there were the good the good people that would be willing to give their food to other people or willing to check up on other people. And uh, man's search for me meaning is about like a doctor in a concentration camp. And he said, you could even see the humanity, but it was the few people, the few people, but also in contrast, I know we're seeing these negative people. Like for example, that millennial that ran up and screamed at that woman with an infant, Malcolm Gladwell talks about in the tipping point, how, um, sometimes it just takes a few people to change things to make a trend. It takes just a few people in Colorado. There was an outbreak of syphilis and it was traced down to just two people that were insanely promiscuous. And in the same way right now, everyone is really upset about the hoarding going on and they're finding out it was really just a few people. It wasn't everybody hoarding toilet paper. It was a few people and they were reselling it on Amazon. There was someone that was hoarded, a truckload of hand sanitizer to resell it. And they, you know, they, it's against the law to upsell things in a time of crisis. And, um, they, you know, they're catching all these people trying to return toilet paper. Now Costco has no return policies on toilet paper. So these people have to suffer the consequences of that. So in the same way, there's the few people that are kind that are expressing this time in fear of being positive, but there's also the, the people that we're seeing that are going around yelling at people recording, it's like, those are also just as few. They're also the random few passing syphilis to everybody. Right. <laughs> Emotional syphilis. Right. 
yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's interesting too. So the first thing to think of, or people think of when they have a crisis is that either, gosh, I'm going through something difficult, but also if you looked at it like a test of your soul, <laughs> something that's going to bring out, it's going to bring out something in you and show you something that's inside of you, whether that is. And so whatever that is really says a lot about this, the health of your soul. Like if you're in a place where I, I know for a fact that when I've had moments where I was really afraid and I didn't think that my life was going to work out, I was definitely a more worried, greedy person because I was afraid that God wasn't going to work my life out. So I had to, I felt like I had to take stuff into my own hands or I had a like miserly perspective of things and was a worse version of myself. So that difficult moment really showed, it revealed what was inside of me. And so like, we're going to get through this quarantine. This is a, you could look at it like a test, like a litmus test or a coronavirus test. Like it's going to tell you what, what's the status of your health on the inside is how you react to all these things. So if you're reacting out of complete fear and your whole life is spiraling out of control, like, what does that say? Why, what are you believing that this thing brought you to that level? Or if you're the one running around criticizing people and really afraid, like, what is that bringing up for you that, like, what do you need to work on in your own life that's causing that kind of negative reaction? And if you're totally at peace and trusting things are going to work out, you know, you're worried, but you've, you've got hope and you're, you're responding really well, then that's an awesome sign that maybe there's a lot of spiritual health that's inside of you, that you like internal well-being. Like congratulations to anybody else who's passing that test. There was a guy actually who was at Whole Foods who <laughs> he was the person responsible to cleaning the shopping carts. And I was appreciative that he was doing that. But as I was walking up, he was literally not doing anything. He was just standing there. He waited for me to get up there to the point where I actually had my hand on the handle. Cause I did, I thought they were all clean because he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't doing his job. And then I grabbed, you know, like touched the handle. And he's like, excuse me, miss, excuse me. Like I have this, there's a quarantine going on. I have to clean this. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, this is an example of a person using quarantine to become a significant, he's trying to become significant. This is his most significant activity. He has to like over-dramatize it, wait till I get there so he can show me that he's going to clean it. It's like, oh my gosh. And had I responded the way that he, in equitable to what he did, I could have been like, well, maybe you should be doing your job then. And like, that's the response it raises up when I first see someone treating me like that. It makes me want to say something sassy back. But I didn't because it's like, why would you let this difficult confrontation escalate? Like this guy obviously has got other issues that this quarantine's bringing up for him. So I'm just going to be chill about it. And so I just said, hey, thanks. And walked away and I didn't get upset. But I was like, gosh, he was really intense with how he's telling me to back off. Right. It's funny how going to the grocery store is all of a sudden like an experience. Like when we, when I went, the only, no one was talking except for this one person that was mad that someone walked too close to her. Right. And that's what I mean by saying like the people talking are not the people you want to hear from. Right. They're like in a group of 30 people waiting in line to get into Trader Joe's. There was one woman being like, um, that person walked too close to me, but that's out of 30 people. 
And no one feels like they have the right to even speak because no one knows who the Karen is of in the line. You know, they're scared that they're going to be talking to one of the Karens. Just even, yeah, it's just crazy times. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what, what do you think that um, the quarantine you feel like is teaching you personally? Is there anything that you feel like you've gotten out of this? I don't know. I feel like it's too bad because as you know, I have two kids. And so for me, it's not even a, I wish I was one of those people telling people to stay home. Just, I know you miss your parents, but don't, I know you miss going out, but don't like, I wish I could just be that simple. But it's like, when you have kids, it's like, no, you actually can't just stay inside forever. When, if you're with the kids, you have to find a safe place to go. Um, but I just, I always felt like I would do really well in prison for, because I would have no options. And I just feel like, what would I do? I think it would still be painful to be at home in quarantine, but I think it would be, I feel like I'd be able to, I'd probably write another book or something like that if I wasn't too busy entertaining two children. But I think it's really cool seeing how society's reacting. And like, I think this is an exciting time to be alive, even though it's terrible, because I think it's an exceptional time in history to see humanity react in a certain way while it's still safe. And um, like to see that no one's on the roads in California, it's just shocking driving. It's like, where is everybody? I, and the fact is, is it took two weeks for people to get used to it, but now people aren't driving around which shows to me that people don't, if given the option, they actually are capable of staying at home and they actually like it because if they really hated it, they would be driving around for no reason. Like I do. I'm just like for meaning I'm safe in my car, but I need to escape. Um, but it's just like crazy to, I, I live by the five and I can see it from my house. And every night when I wake up, I always go and look at the freeway something comforting about people driving around always like look other people are awake too and and where are they going you know there's something super i don't know and i also live by the train i love that i'm like look people they're awake like me we're all awake together but like last night at like 3 a.m i looked at the freeway and usually there's constantly people there's no one on the freeway and i was like that's the first time i've ever looked out there and seen no one not even a truck passing by it's empty like that's crazy. So, so I think good or bad? It made me feel good because it makes me feel like people want to be home. Like they, I, as fearful as I am for the people in those terrible situations where they are forced to be at home and it's scary. It's like people are getting used to being home and they like it and they feel safe. They're getting used to the certainty of being near not having to go like it to me. I think that's registers something about humanity and family. And I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise people would just be driving around for no reason. Like me. Cause I hate it. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm just like I'm safe. This is safe. <laughs> yeah. No, what do you think you've been learning? Do you feel like you've learned anything or do you feel like you're surviving? I think that it has impacted my business in those senses, which makes it much, you know, a lot slower. But I do think that I'm learning stuff because 
I agree. There's some element that I really like about not feeling like I have to go out and do something. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing is that it's restful. So I do feel they always say in the Bible, you know, and the Torah, you should take a day of rest. But usually on a Sunday, for example, if I go to church, then I go get brunch, you know, then I got to like come back and clean the house a little bit. There's always, it's not very restful to be a hundred percent honest. Yes. Yes. So this is what it makes me think of the year of Jubilee, speaking of the Torah, which is at the seventh year, all debts are forgiven. You rest, you know, do anything. Right. And that's, what's going to have to happen. Debts are going to have to be forgiven. Right. Because no one's working and the, the year, the land is going to have to rest. Like things are shifted forever right. because of that, because of this. That's interesting. And yeah. It made me think of the year of Jubilee because it was like the people are forced and in the Jewish holidays, that's what it is. It's God forcing people to stay home. Passover is happening and, and it forces people to rest in a way that Americans don't do it. We don't rest. We don't give the land rest. We don't force rest. Even on Sundays, we're still going out. It's like, that's not really rest. I think this is the closest rest we've, as Americans, we'd ever encounter. And that's why it's funny to me that people are clicking into it. It took a while, but I think people are clicking into it and they like it because I think this is God's intention for people. And maybe that's why we should title this episode, Quarantine, Year of Jubilee, like week of, I don't know, maybe that's too weird. Anyway, but it's just that this, all of my, it's like so painful to have to see all this happen and have all these thoughts. And that's why I was like, we should do something because I think there's something to be said and there's business things to be said. Like I think, for example, our businesses, this is the next one you should do. Are you ready for when it ends? Are you ready for when quarantine ends? Because it's going to happen and it's probably going to happen sooner than you think it is. Is your staff ready? Are you with your staff? Are you in touch with your customer so that when the doors open, they're there? Because this is probably going to end very soon, sooner than we think, this week. I mean, Easter, especially after this new report came out. So um, all this to say is, is I think this is the first time Americans have had an opportunity to physically rest because we're a working culture. But then also there's going to be – forgiveness of the land. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's interesting. I have always, theoretically, I very much like the idea of, of the forgiveness of debts and that concept of like a country doing it because that would be so outside the capitalist mentality. Like there's yeah. something so true about being capitalist about things being paid for at what it's due and pursuing wealth. But there's also something really important about the forgiveness of debts and being someone or a country that can do those things. I think that there's what the Bible says is that there's going to be a blessing after you do those things. Yeah. I think so too. I know that also makes me think of the end times. I think you probably, everyone is thinking end times, but I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, it would be so crazy if this was the end because every country will be in debt after this. I mean, was we all quarantined, mm-hmm. you know, that month it, it would take, I don't think this is the thing that brings everyone down, but everyone will be 
it would take, you could do a pandemic and then people would be quarantined, you know, people would lose jobs, but also people would die. Mm-hmm. And what happens when people die? The wealth gets yeah. recirculated because people leave money to their kids and their kids go and spend it. Yeah. If I got money right now, I'd buy a house. You would also buy a house. We'd buy houses. So mom and dad, if you could die soon. Just kidding. All it's to say is, is I'm just saying like, end times it's just interesting like look how easy it was for everyone to be shut down and also it made me think of people who think they have freedom they don't people with rvs that think that they can just travel america and just live wherever they want newsflash the government owns everything because i can't even go to a park i can't even drive on the freeway and pull over to a rest stop you actually don't have freedom. And that was that's in California, especially because there's so much natural beauty. Right. I realized like, oh shit, the government owns everything. There's nowhere I can go. Even right. mammoth, like they literally just shut down like the beach. The beach. Like everything. You don't own it. The government owns it. And you don't get to go. Right. That's what was that's what's fascinating is that you forget in California because it's just like natural beauty. I can go into nature be a part of it and the government's like no i own nature you're like oh oh i forgot i guess you do own this and they're like can't go in here's the ticket that's the weird part to me so i'm like oh crap guy that was paddle boarding out in the water completely by himself not there was a guy in san diego paddle boarding by himself obviously there was no one around so more honoring the six foot distance and the coast guard drove up to him and arrested him and so, which means that, that they, by, yeah, they told him, I don't know if they put him into jail, but they said, you're violating the stay at home, stay in place um, act. And it's like, bro, really? Is that yeah, a useful use of uh, time? I mean, like, less, I, I can't even just imagine that's like an overextension of power in my opinion. Yeah, I do too. But the, what are the cops going to do? No one's out on the streets. They have no one else to arrest right now. Other yeah. than where are all the homeless people? That's the one thing that is weird. I saw someone taking videos of downtown San Diego, and I'm like, I know that area. That area is full of homeless people. Where are the homeless people? Like, why is it that they get to be outside and we don't? But in this video, I was like, the streets of San Diego are empty. Hmm. We have some of the largest homeless streets in the world. In America. Well, I know that they had a, I don't know if they actually executed it, but I I thought that they created a a housing for them. Yeah, San Diego Convention Center opens as temporary homeless shelter. Do you see pictures of homeless people there, though? The plan is to move 400 people in. Plan. It's what? How long has this been going on? They're not living there now, though. They're not on the streets now. The plan is to move them there. Where are they now? I mean, like, again, I'm only seeing this stuff on TikTok of people showing videos of hashtag San Diego and everything's empty. It says uh, San Diego County has started filling entire hotels with homeless. And that's not true. There's no way. Because I saw, again, on social media, people were saying, are they going to do this? And people were like, no, they're not going to do this because you have to pay the hotels. The government's not going to pay. A hotel knows what they're doing. They're not going to let homeless people stay in their hotels. Because there's just, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And this may not be 2,000 hotel beds in total for high risk individuals, which is not a lot. No, I don't know. The whole, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying when you go on TikTok and you see, the, or you see all of these empty streets of San Diego, I'm like, uh, where are the homeless people? Even right now in Carlsbad, I don't see that many homeless people. And there's usually, I see usually probably like five a day if I'm driving to the grocery store. And also they don't practice, so like talk about a, a community that would be highly contagious for this kind of thing. Right. Because, I mean, you look at the picture, they're just like tent after tent after tent. Also, like, in areas like Venice, um, Italy, mm -hmm. you know, wildlife is returning to the waters and stuff like that. And Really? Uh, yeah, like, the, you, you see, like, the bridges, under the bridges, there's just this crazy wildlife that's happening. Like, dolphins are, have returned to the canals of Venice. And um, it's just interesting. And that's what made me think. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the year of Jubilee where things are returning because we're letting the land rest. And if it's been like this just after like two weeks or a month, however long it's been, um, how much more? Right. Oh, you know, Venice canals, you mean like actual Venice, Italy? Yeah, not Santa Monica. Oh my gosh. Are you Googling it? Yes. Well, on top of that, the... The skies in, in China, the last time I was in China, it was so gray and gross. You could smell the smell of plastic. You know when you open up a plastic thing that you know is from China, it has that like nasty smell that smells yeah. like polluted like plastic. Yeah. And the air would smell like that. And it's actually clear. It's clear in China because they had stopped and postponed manufacturing. They have blue skies, clear skies. It's really yeah. incredible. Yeah, and those, these are all the positive, these are all positive impacts of things like this. And I think also people are looking out for their neighbors. So they're looking to their left and to their right. Like people are talking about that to look, caring for their neighbor. A lot of, a lot of us in our busy urban cities are not even taking time to get to know the person who's next door to us. And so in the midst of a crisis, you wouldn't even know if, if you heard banging on the door next to you, mm. would you even know that? who that person, what that person's name is. I don't know my neighbors. I only have one neighbor in my defense. <laughs> but never there. I've never had even one chance accidental crossing of his path. Our schedules are so different. So, well, I mean, like, I feel like when we go for a walks now, in contrast, when you stand in line at a grocery store where everyone's super silent, everyone is out walking and running and like being, it's the craziest thing because people are super active. The streets are empty, but people are walking around and I've never had more people say hi to me in California. Wow. Like, hi. Oh, yeah. And we're all like, we're so bored. Hi. Yeah. It's just so cool. It made me so happy. These people are just like staying six feet apart, but still being super friendly. And just yeah. like, when has anyone from California ever said hi to me? There's always usually one person. If you want to walk and you see five people, one out of five will say hi to you. And you know that person's not from California. And you're like, oh, someone who moved here from Wyoming. Hi. Yeah, that's what you do on walks. You say hi to people. No, you don't. Not in California. And then to have all these people out in quarantine being starved right. for attention. They're just like, 
or not attention, but interaction. Yeah, interaction. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. People are like regrowing social skills. Yeah. Just wonder, like, what would this be like if we lived like this forever? Yeah, it shows we've been very busy and yeah, gotten caught up in the busyness of it. And I know with my, you asked me what I was learning, and I didn't really have a good answer for it. But I think besides enjoying, realizing how much I enjoy being still and having that quiet space a lot of things have been shifting in my own, in my business, in my awareness of my relationships, like a heightened sensitivity and awareness of what I want and need. So I feel like they say that a lot in meditation, but that's the advantage of meditation is that stillness allows you to have an awareness of the things your body's already telling you or your, your second senses or your third senses, whatever, your additional senses are telling you that you maybe wouldn't have noticed thoughts you're having that you don't even notice because you're so busy and focused on drive. Yeah. I think that's, that's another bonus is there's a heightened awareness of what's going on inside of me and which will shift my business and the things that I end up putting my energy into. We'll see how that ends up playing out because I do think it takes time to let that stillness go like if I were to just get up and go again I won't have finished thinking through the thoughts that are germinating right now so I'm learning about myself and what my desires actually are the things that I'm hungry for in life right now that I've been ignoring because I've been so busy hmm trying to think if that's an actual answer or not <laughs> For those of you who cannot see, Emily just rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I mean, to give even more detail would, would be like, would, no, it would get the conversation lost in things that no one, unless they know, knew me or knew you, yeah. they wouldn't, it wouldn't be of any interest to anyone else. But that's fair. The main point is that. I feel heightened awareness. And so that's going to result in me letting go of some things. That's because of quarantine though? It's because of stillness. Yeah. It's because of fasting from certain stimuli, which is like your busyness, your activities, you're willing to fill, fill your life with someone else and other things that distract you. So I think. That is part about this is when I was telling you about like what you should do for the next business thing. I mean, I'm so good at that why don't I do it myself? I don't know. Um, is that it's going to be amazing how one, how quickly everyone gets back to normal. Like people are like, are people things going to be the same? I'm like, I think they will be because people are super over being at home, but two, um, I think people, shit, I just lost my thought. What's the opposite of what I just said? <laughs> People getting back. <laughs> People rush to getting back. So it's like you said, I wonder how long this will last or I wonder how long this will. But you have to look at what you were saying. I was saying that I'm going to. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of what I wanted to do with the kids once the quarantine's over. I'm like, I'm just going to go to Disneyland immediately. But you know what? I'm probably not. <laughs> 
And then I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go to the beach. And I probably will do that. But after that, I probably am not going to go every day. I <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the sad thing is it's like, I wish they could open up some things and not all the things so that I could enjoy the things. It just with, when everything shut down, it's difficult, but with some of the things that I can enjoy those, some things, but with everything being open, it's just, it's easy to forget. I'm just real. I, I just know that like how many, how much of this stuff am I actually going to do? And that's a sad part. It'll, that pain is so f- forgettable. That's, Mm-hmm. it's easy to forget pain even though it's so hard to live through it mm-hmm. which is odd that part to me is always so strange that's why it lasts so long I think that's why God has it last so long because otherwise we really really do forget it it's not like a year I mean when you're young pain can last for a month because you only have a short amount of time that you've lived on this earth so a month is a long time to be in pain or two months or three months or four months and then I think when you get older I think God increases the amount of time that you have pain so that you never forget the lessons that you've learned. Because from one month, you know, three months, half a year, a year, two years of pain, three years of pain, four years of pain, five years of pain, because you know what? You live till you're 80. (laughs) And so it has to be that long because when you're 80 years old, are you going to remember that lesson if it was only a month of pain? No. But if you're 80 years old and it was five years of pain, well, that's, I'm not going to math, but a percentage of your life. (laughs) I'd say a percentage, but it's being recorded. And someone will say, that is not, five years is not that percentage of your life. A third? (laughs) Is it a third of your life? I don't know. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. 80 years old and have that sanctification going on. What do you feel like is the lesson to be learned through all this? I think that it's clear that lots of different responses are coming out of this coronavirus quarantine. And we have talked about incredible heroic responses that some people have had. And we've talked about some really unfortunate, over-dramatized mob mentality examples that have come out of it. And all of those people are human and we all of us have the capability of going to any one of those extremes. And so I think what's interesting to observe about humankind is that crisis really reveals where you personally, individually are at. And if you can ask yourself that, like we can use that as a litmus test to help us understand ourselves. Hey, where are you at right now? In the midst of this moment, are you, how are you responding to this moment of crisis? And are you happy and satisfied with how you're responding? Are you responding with a hopeful attitude and looking forward to opportunity? Or you, um, do you notice when you look back on your actions, have you been fearful? Have you been maybe critical of people? This is like the moment to become aware, to allow moment of crisis. You can't control the crisis but you can control your response to it and how you're going to be. I agree. And I think taking a moment to, I, I saw, again, so much of this is, I keep quoting 
the proverbial online because in quarantine, that's all I have. But um, I saw a therapist say like, you know what? You don't have to learn anything from this. Surviving is still acceptable answer to quarantine. And just being honest and real with where you're at, but also looking at like maybe why is this quarantine so difficult? It's also still a really good question to ask yourself. Like I'm just surviving is a good answer. And then ask yourself, why is this so difficult? Don't just leave it at that. Like I'm just surviving because my kids can't go out. But why is that hard? Because my kids need to get out. But also the the other thing I noticed about my kids, one kid is old. I have only one kid that's old enough to understand what's going on. She actually hasn't even asked to go outside like once, which is crazy. I don't know if that's like God or something, but like I take her to the parking lot, we run around, we go back inside. And she is so happy to be at home with us and so happy to be. She just is sad when we're upset because we're frustrated <laughs> with having to give her 100% attention. 24 7 literally but she hasn't even today was the first time she has to go to the park and me and my husband looked at each other like it's closed literally it's closed <laughs> um and i think asking yourself like why is this hard outside of of these things because i think to ask to know that about yourself is some of the strongest questions you can ask yourself why is this hard really for myself why is this hard? Because I like to do different things every day. I need to have something different to stimulate myself. And for my daughter, why would this be hard? Because she likes she also likes to get out and do different things. And when this quarantine ends, I think that's the key for a lot of people to be happy after it ends, is when you know why, why you're unhappy when things get hard, can then help you in the future to apply those principles to make yourself happy when things get hard again. And you may never have to go in quarantine ever again, but you'll know why it was difficult. How the keys to making yourself happy in this time you'll have in the future, even if drinking is a part of those keys. But I'm just saying, like, search for deeper meanings because if you can find it now, you'll find it later when life gets just as hard. Love it. Cuckoo. Do you have anything else to say, Em? Well, we got guys, thank you so much for signing in. We love you all. Hope you're staying safe. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you next week. <laughs>